The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get things underway on this Tuesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. lot going on. Let's get right to it. Uh, as you probably heard, uh, there was uh, a shooting of a CHP officer in uh, in the Van Nuys area, and apparently they uh, they have arrested the suspect, which is uh, a good thing. Uh, the CHP officer is critically injured. Don't know his uh, status at the moment. Apparently, they found the the uh, suspect inside a tent at a homeless encampment in the Van Nuys area. And the reason I'm leading with this today, uh, a couple of reasons. Uh, We are reaping what we've sown. As a culture, many of our leaders in Washington, D.C. and in California have mounted this anti-police campaign. They have asked the public to defund the police, and in some cities they've actually done so. And we're now reaping the effect of it. They have successfully skewed the nation's attitude towards law enforcement uh, through manipulation, through half-truths, through sensationalism, through the cooperation of a media that is so anxious to get the clicks. Our culture has successfully turned the nation against law enforcement. Now, Am I talking about the whole nation? No, not not you and me. I've had several conversations with law enforcement folks off the record. Talked to one last night, and we were discussing why anyone would want to go into law enforcement today. One of the problems is especially for those cities who have Uh, agreed to defund or cut back or cut out certain programs, etc., they now cannot be competitive with other cities. And so you have a situation now where it's hard to recruit. And you look at places in in L.A. and San Francisco. Now, San Franciscans finally got tired of it. And they said to D.A. Chase Bodine, goodbye. We uh, want you to leave your DA job in San Francisco and go somewhere else. Now, the question is, who will Mayor London Breed appoint in his uh, in his absence? We don't know yet. But there is this band of DAs, <clears throat> and the advisory committee of it included uh, DA George Goscone in Los Angeles County, Chesa Bodine in San Francisco, and uh, Tori Verber Salazar in uh, <clears throat> in San Joaquin County, and and it the <clears throat> this DA this new DA affiliation sounded good, 
in turn, well, let's let's do positive things to prevent people from doing the recycling thing through prison. Let's uh, see if we can reduce recidivism. Locking people up for minor offenses just doesn't make any sense. All of it sounded so wonderful. Well, look at it now. We're seeing the results of it. We're reaping what we've sown, or these DAs anyway. We're reaping what these DAs have sown. This law enforcement officer that I was talking to yesterday has served at uh, city level, county level, and state level. And he, we and I were talking about the fact that it is really hard to recruit people now. In fact, uh, some of the academies, some of the law enforcement ca- academies are suffering. With, with the hatred of law enforcement today, why in the world would you want to go into it? Now, those of you who are serving in law enforcement, those of you who are going into law enforcement, I salute you. I salute you. My experience in law enforcement was a long, long time ago. It was a different age. It was a different world. Laws were a little bit different then. And we weren't handcuffed, so to speak, no pun intended. We weren't handcuffed at that time like you are now. And I guess I'm arriving at a question to you. What do you think we need to do as a culture to turn this around? One of the things we appear to be doing, and that is to get rid of district attorneys who don't want to do their job, and that is to prosecute. Prosecute the bad guys and bad gals and abide by what the law says when it comes to sentencing. So many of these DAs that, and and this is not conspiracy theory, we know that George Soros has funded a lot of campaigns for these DAs that are soft on crime. He has seeded these DAs throughout the country. And now we're reaping that sad benefit. Crime, especially in California, is out of control. Now, thank the Lord for sheriffs like Jeff Dirksy and for MPD Chief Gillespie, and for many of the other law enforcement officials within our radio signal. We salute you. We support you. We have your back. But these DAs, no. I'm sorry, your experiment failed. We're now seeing it. I don't want to go to San Francisco and have to walk down the street and dodge hypodermic needles and feces in the streets and get accosted by people who are on drugs and or suffering from mental illness. That's happening. We know that. I don't want to go to New York City. Used to love traveling the subways there when I was at conferences. I have no desire to go to New York City today. I have no desire to go to San Francisco today. And except for the fact that I still have family down in Southern California... Other than family, I have no desire to go back down to Southern California whatsoever into L.A. Not at all. And I know there are law enforcement officers in Southern California who, falling under the influence of George Goscone, 
have basically said, <clears throat> we're not doing any OBS, meaning we're not going to do any observation, no law enforcement, no proactive law enforcement with observation. Well, why not? Well, because we don't want to be sued and we know the DA won't back us up. We will be the bad guys. We'll, no matter what happens, we'll be the bad guys. We go make an arrest on something, we're the bad guys. Everybody's out with their cell phones with a particular angle, egging us on. Why make the arrest? Why put our careers at, at risk of getting sued? You see, we've turned the culture against law enforcement. And again, for those of you who are out there bravely taking to the streets every day, we salute you, we support you. But it's open season on law enforcement today, not just in terms of attacks, but in terms of politics and in terms of poisoning our children's minds against law enforcement with half-truths, with sensationalism, with emotionalism. It's time for us who are law-abiding citizens to stand up and say, no, not doing this anymore. It's time for us to do these recalls. It's time for us to show up at the ballot box and vote these people out. Well, that change in Mike, it's a start. It's a start. Well, let me ask you, what do you think we need to do as a culture right now? Practically, I'm not just talking in terms of wild philosophy But in terms of practical steps, what do you and I need to do right now to support law enforcement and turn this tide away from defunding police, from demeaning the police, from making the police their punching bag? What do you and I need to do? What do you need to do? What do you think? 209-551-3483. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Just these conversations with various law enforcement officers that CHP officer getting critically shot the other day. I've had this. This is enough. This is enough. And and don't don't play the race card with me. Well, you're being a you're white, so you don't see it right. I see it perfectly right. I've worn a badge, I've worn a gun, I know what it takes. Don't play the race card with me on this, ever. Not happening here. I'll tell you what is happening, though. Want to sell your home? Well, here's a bright spot in today's show. Home prices are going up, inventory's low, interest rate hikes mean price fluctuations, so selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, that's the right move to maximize your equity. You want to move closer to work? Think you can't afford it? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he will sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You are in complete control. No costly repairs required. There's no long-term contracts. You pick your move date, and Dan can even find you a new home before you move. In fact, Michelle and Modesto has a great story. She was helping her dad sell his home. They needed top dollar to fund his retirement. 
So Michelle interviewed several agents, found out that Dan Phipps had the right plan to make only necessary improvements, and he could market the home for top dollar. She says Dan over-delivered. You see that anymore? Over-delivering on high expectations? Well, Dan did it, and he got her dad thousands more than their goal. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I'd recommend, and I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S. Dot com, And we'll continue with uh, phone calls on the Mike Douglas Show. Other topics coming up in three minutes on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV 209-551-3483. Back in three minutes. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon in California's Central Valley, 209-551-3483. What do we need to do, do you think, to turn the tide that our culture has turned against law enforcement to start creating an environment in this culture where we honor the rule of law, where we respect authority. Well, what about the bad cops, Mike? Need to get them out. Well, I know somebody's been beat up by the cops. Well, I do too. Good friend of mine, African-American pastor. He was unjustly treated and treated roughly several times during his life. And those officers need to be disciplined and they need to be jettisoned from law enforcement. Absolutely. But you see, unfortunately, in in the rhetoric of today, we then apply that broad brush to all law enforcement. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. We cannot apply that broad brush to all law enforcement. Does law enforcement need to reach out into communities and listen? Absolutely, and we see that happening today. Absolutely. Give the community a voice and listen. But we need to do something about the lawlessness that is now pervasive in our culture. And it begins with attacking the police as a social entity. It is part of the structure of our society. We take the police out, we take law enforcement out, and we will have lawlessness. And that's in the playbook of Marxism, by the way. And we don't want that. We don't want the cartels running California that, that's why we want control at the border. Not against legal immigration. What I'm against is opening the border so we don't know who's coming over the border. We don't know where the fentanyl's coming in. We catch some of it, but not all of it. We catch some of the gangbangers, but not all of them. We catch some of the... Men that have been involved in sexual crimes in the past, but obviously we don't catch all of them. 
and and maybe it begins with just common sense and influencing our local officials and saying to the cops when we're out there, thanks for the job that you do. We support you. Give them a thumbs up. I remember back in the time of Noah in the Ark when I was on patrol, we always made a point especially to wave at kids. And if we had the time to stop and talk to them, why? Because we wanted to make sure that they understood law enforcement wanted a positive relationship with them and they could have a positive relationship with law enforcement. You respect other people, other people tend to, unless they have a private agenda, respect you. And that goes a long way to building relationships with the community. But you see, what we're doing is we're poisoning our children's minds while we're poisoning their views of their sexuality at a time when they ought not even be they ought not to even be thinking about their sexuality. This idiocy of the drag queen shows and and twerking at law enforcement and thinking it's a great thing. What are parents thinking of taking these kids to drag queen shows? Are you serious? Now, in terms of adults, I've got a friend in the entertainment world, guy and his wife, and and he's made a a, a career out of dressing as a woman and pretending to be a woman and, and doing magic effects and such. He's made a good living at it. But he, he's not poisoning the mind of children. He's not trying to, to he, he's not being lewd. So much lewd and lascivious conduct in a lot of this. And it's in your face. And if we say boo about it, we're the bad guys. We're anti-LGBTQ to the second divided by the fourth logarithmic function of X. Done with it. We're tired of it. No more. What you do in your private life, that's up to you. What you teach our children, that's up to us. And it's time that we quit this namby-pamby, laid-back attitude. Whoa, we can't say anything. Yes, we do need to say something. And we need to stand for what's true. We need to stand for common sense. And we need to stand for the law, the rule of law in the United States of America. And what's demeaning that? Look from the White House on down. And their contempt for the Supreme Court. Their contempt for the Supreme Court. Our Attorney General of the United States of America has done absolutely nothing on the front end to protect our Supreme Court justices. There are people out there committing federal offenses in front of justices' home, conservative justices' home, and Merrick Garland hasn't done diddly squat. And his little effort now in the, in the effort to have some protection, it's too little too late. They should have been on that already. We have this guy that came from California, 26-year-old, with the intent of killing Brett Kavanaugh. 
What in the world is going on? How come we don't hear the ACLU uh, upset about this? How come we don't hear Black Lives Matter upset about this? How come we don't hear about all these agencies that are so concerned about other people? How come they don't rise up against this kind of thing? Because they have a private agenda. It's time for us to stand up and say no more. That's why I show up here. And there are times when I need to get a little intense about it, and today's one of those. I'll be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Stand by to stand by. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Our number here, 209-551-3483. What do we need to do individually, do you think, to turn the tide that has been created against law enforcement? What do we need to do individually to stem that tide and turn things around. I think there's a lot of little things that we can do. And one is to start standing up for what's true. Standing up for what's common sense. Standing up for respecting authority, but holding authority accountable. Those are not mutually exclusive. It is not one or the other. Respecting authority also means holding authority accountable. That's the system that we have. In theory, that's why we have these three, this three-legged stool, so to speak, in federal government. The executive deals with law enforcement, and then the judicial uh, interpreting the law, and then we have the legislature dealing with making the law. And they seem to be blending their functions these days. Well, we need to hold them accountable for doing their specific job and quit moving out of their lanes. Legislature trying to interpret law, the Supreme Court trying to legislate, and the White House issuing executive orders that should be up to topics, that should be up to Congress. Things are, be, things are becoming undone. And yet in California, last week on June 7, the statewide, the last number I saw, somewhere between only 18 to 20% of Californians voted. The apathy shocks me. It shocks me. With all that's going on today, the apathy about being involved in fixing what's wrong. The apathy involved in refusing to hold our governmental leaders accountable. The apathy involved saying, well, I'm doing okay. I'll just live in my little bubble here and the heck with the rest of you. It's got to stop. We need to make sure that our communities are taken care of. And that one of the ways we begin with that is holding our local officials accountable. 
for the decisions they make. Local, state, federal officials, many of them have forgotten that they work for us. Their attitude is, we work for them. And you get people who've been in offices for decades. I think it's a grotesque thing. Too much power. Too much temptation. Too many dollars. Too much room for corruption. And that's why we see, I believe, what we see today. And there are there are little glimmers of hope, I think, and that, that's why we need to uh, stay on this. We need to hold people accountable, like this guy. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Well, I guess he does know what hit him. Someone uh, tried to kill um, Justice Kavanaugh. Mr. Schumer. I'm going to keep your little clip there from March 2020. I'm going to keep it on hand because we're going to remind the voters in our area of how you have attempted to create a violent reaction. You sit there and applaud what's happening in this show production, the January 6th investigation committee, and what is laughably called a hearing. It's not a hearing. It's a good show. I'll give them credit. Good show. It's a good docudrama. But it's not a hearing, is it? And as long as they refuse to address comments by people like Schumer, people like Maxine Waters, it's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. And they have no standing, at least with me. We've watched enough of this to know that we need to start holding them accountable And one of the ways we do that is vote, and vote more than 18 to 20 percent of eligible voters in California. Stanislaus County, I don't know, is it 10 percent, 11 percent? I'm not sure where it stands now. At the end of last week, it was somewhere around there. That's pathetic. Why? Just confusing. We'll work through it. We'll help you. We did that here. We we issued an invitation for candidates to call up two weeks ago on a Wednesday. We had candidates call up. I thought it was I thought it was productive. I got to hear from people I wanted to hear from, both liberals and conservatives. I I got to hear some. I was surprised by some, not so surprised by others. But we have to do our research as part of our responsibility as voters to do what we can. And I understand the top two voting system that we have right now gets confusing. In fact, there was an interesting article that was done uh, the past day or two on why that really isn't fulfilling the expectations that uh, they once 
thought would would come out of that. So getting getting back to our holding our officials accountable. And when groups come up and they are displaying anarchy type behaviors, they need to go to jail. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, for goodness sakes. Eight Texans were arrested for allegedly planning a riot at an Idaho Pride event over the weekend. Do I support these Pride events? I don't support them, but I support their right to say what they need to say. I don't support the lewd and lascivious acts that we often see attached to some of them, but I support their free speech rights, every right to do that, every right to be what they want to be. And it's not a right of these eight Texans to go and, and plan violence against them. No. So they need to be arrested. They need to be prosecuted. You see, that's a balanced viewpoint. We're not seeing a lot of balance today. The sanctity of life is, is so important. By the way, speaking of that, and again, this is about holding our accountable, our uh, elected leaders accountable up in Sacramento right now. The state uh, Senate Judiciary Committee is ready to vote on four abortion bills, including the state constitutional amendment 10. And that has to be approved by both houses, by the way. I believe by the end of this month. It would uh, make a proposed constitutional amendment to make it on the November ballot to approve what? Well, to approve abortion as a protected right. Abortion ought not to be a constitutional right. And then there's AB 2223. It's a bill decriminalizing back alley abortions decriminalizing them, and making it hard to prosecute infanticide. AB 1666, a bill to protect abortionists from malpractice lawsuits. All right, so we're all for suing gun manufacturers when someone buys a gun and goes and kills somebody with it. We're all about suing them, by golly. But an abortionist killing a fetus? Practicing infanticide? No, we're going to protect them from malpractice lawsuits. It's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. And then AB 2091, a bill to prohibit medical providers or insurance companies from complying with out-of-state court orders seeking medical records involving abortion. Oh, good. There's another thing California needs to be known for. Good All right, we'll be back in uh, three minutes. Coming up, we'll talk some sports here in a little bit. Stockton Heat, man, they're heating it up. And we'll talk with the voice of the Stockton Heat, Mark Benetti, coming up towards the end of the hour today. I'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Hey, let's lighten things up a little bit right now. And uh, no no pun intended, but the Stockton Heat have been hot. And we have with us now the voice of the Stockton Heat, Mark Benetti. Mark on Fox Sports AM 1280, our sister station. Mark, an amazing season. Bring us up to speed. just how incredibly exciting it is and these last two games the heat were down to their last goal um and and specifically mike in game four they were down to their last 57 seconds of even existing in stockton and late in the third period they got a goal with the extra attacker and the goaltender pulled uh they tie it up they win in overtime glenn Gaughton has both goals to tie it win it on the power play in the extra session forces a winner take uh, a do or die game five and the same thing happens again where this time Chicago comes back to tie it. And then Connor Mackey, who is the son of a former Chicago Wolf, won the Turner Cup with them back in 2000, buries the dagger and forces game six back here in Chicago. So it's been a whirlwind of emotions over the last couple of days. But the heater in do or die mode, and they've got another situation in front of them like this here in game six tonight against the Wolves. Mark, what does it take for them, uh, given the momentum shifts, what does it take – for them uh, in this next game to, to rally up? What, what do you think the strategy is uh, as soon as that puck drops? Well, at this point, Mike, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. And what's working for the Heat <laughs> right now is that they're forechecking well, which has been a foundation of their success all year. They're getting the puck deep. They're making contact with their defenders. And, and now all of their scoring opportunities are starting to come in that high percentage area right between the face-off dots and point-blank range to the crease. So if you keep sticking to that, you keep grinding your opponent down to a pulp, and, and you sacrifice yourself to get into these high-percentage scoring areas, good things are going to come. What hasn't happened yet for the Heat in these games, Mike, we've played five in the series right now. Chicago scored the first goal in all five of them. And, and obviously it hasn't deterred the Heat because they've won the last two games, but if they can jump out to a one nothing lead, we're talking about a completely different complexion to how they can continue on against the Wolves as the game progresses. Mark, as, uh, as you've been watching, how are we doing in terms of uh, injuries and such? Everybody's staying pretty healthy? Uh, for the most part, you know, at this point, Mike, you're, you, you've got a lot of bumps and bruises and guys literally trying to battle through a ton of pain and a ton of adversity. But uh, the team is back to full strength tonight uh, with Luke Phillip back in the lineup. That'll be nice to see. So, um, But, uh, you know, it's, it's ironic. So, Mike, the the best hockey is played when everybody's in some pretty bad shape in the sense of still battling with these bumps and bruises and and these nagging injuries and things along those lines. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, again, how this team continues to come together tonight. But right now they're all systems green and ready to go. Mark Benetti, the voice of the Stockton Heat. Again, he's the he calls the plays on Fox Sports AM twelve eighty. Uh, Mark, uh, what's uh, what's the time of the next uh, game? When can people tune in? So the next game is tonight. Um, it'll be at six o'clock Pacific. We'll got pregame as always a half an hour before, and then we'll rock and roll. Um, and then if the Heat win tonight, winner take all game seven to go to the finals tomorrow night here in Chicago. If uh, the Wolves win tonight, then unfortunately a valiant run for the Heat comes to an end and the season's over. But they can find a way to get another one here. We've got the two best words in all of sports, Game 7, happening tomorrow night. And, uh, and it's for a chance to, to play for the Calder Cup. And uh, My goodness, how crazy would that be for the Heat? You know, what's crazy, Mike, is that the probability is against the Heat. 
This is only the 16th time out of the last 140 instances that a team has trailed 3 nothing in forced game six. So if the Heat can pull this off tonight, they're one of five to have gone to the seventh game. It's absolutely remarkable to run this team's on right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mark, I'm thinking in, in any type of sport, when you're the underdog and then when you're in the enemy's house, I, I think sometimes there's just an added energy that comes with that because you know that, that you're, you know, you're behind the eight ball a little bit in terms of circumstance, in terms of location. And I think sometimes that provides that extra energy that, that is just required to take you over the top. Absolutely. And, and let's put that on the flip side too, Mike. If you're up 3 nothing and you lose game four, you could have gone for the sweep. Now you have to play another game. That creeps into the back of your head. Then you lose game five. Now you got to go back home and try and do it again. If you drop game six, you, you could have ended this thing a week ago, and instead here you are. Now you have to fight for your life. So, you know, Chicago was playing with house money the first couple of games, but then the Heat just refused to die. And now here we are where the Heat are now two wins away from coming back on an improbable run and going to the Calder Cup Finals. Before we let you go, Mark, I know you need to get ready for your broadcast tonight. Uh, looking at Chicago, uh, what 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 do the members of the Heat need to be careful of? What do they need to watch for in terms of uh, Chicago uh, right from the get-go tonight? Uh, discipline, Mike. That's the biggest key right now. Uh, and, and on the flip side of it, it's finally trying to capitalize on special teams opportunities. You know, you look at Chicago's power play in the series, Mike, they're averaging over a power play goal per game. They're at 31.6%, which is astronomically high on the power play. On the flip side for the Heat, they've only scored one power play goal out of looking back now over the last five games that they've played 23 times. It's less than 5%. So the Heat, when it comes to discipline, the more they stay out of the box, the better, because Chicago's power play is lethal right now. But when they get on the power play, they've got to find a way to bury it. Coincidentally enough, the only power play goal they've scored was the game winner in overtime in game four, but you can't wait for those heroics for that moment to come. If you get four power plays in a game, you got to bury one or two of them and create some kind of momentum. So special teams will be a real key tonight. Mark Benetti, he is the voice of the Stockton Heat. You can hear him on Fox Sports AM 1280. Mark, always a pleasure to have you with us. And uh, we hope it'll go all seven games and the Heat will come out victorious. And uh, I I know that you'll be there to call the plays. And uh, thank you so much for being their voice and for taking time out of your schedule to visit with us as well. Not a problem, Mike. And I will say this, I can't control your programming, but if this game, if this game, goes the favor of the Heat, and Game Seven's tomorrow night. I hope to be talking to you tomorrow about Game 7 and how exciting that's going to be. Absolutely. Let's do it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Mark Panetti, again, the voice of the Stockton Heat uh, on Fox Sports AM 1280. And, uh, by the way, and I'll not embarrass him now that he's not on the air with us, uh, he is incredible. I think Mark Benetti could pick off any any broadcasting job in hockey anywhere in the country or the world, as you consider that he is extraordinarily gifted. So if you haven't had a chance to hear him, uh, you can tonight again, this game starts at uh, six o'clock on Fox sports, AM 1280. You're listening to the Mike Douglas show here on power talk, 1360 KFIV. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, 
Oh, another shortage. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about that in detail coming up in five minutes after news, weather, and traffic here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We are live and local, and uh, as long as we have that privilege, I'll be here with you 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. My mission to be your concierge for conversations so that we can explore together the burning issues of the day that affect you and me directly right here in the Central Valley of California. We so much appreciate you and uh, the wonderful thoughts, the good thinking, the critical thinking, the rational thinking, the reasonableness, and and even uh, an opportunity to do what we call iron sharpening iron, and that's when we may not see things exactly the same way we can talk about it, challenge each other, think through it, and maybe come to uh, new conclusions, or at least understand why we believe what we believe. So uh, thank you so much for engaging in that process, and I like to make sure I do this every week. I may be the concierge for conversation, but it takes an amazing team to make the Mike Douglas Show here a success. And so I want to thank the Jedi Master of all, producers Mike Murray for his uh, incredible, incredible work on behalf of the show and uh, our assistant producer, Brenda Lapome, who's also doing our call screening today. Brenda also serves as the director of operations of Advancing Vibrant Communities. So she's a very uh, busy lady and appreciate her taking time uh, to do assistant producer duties and call screening here on the Mike Douglas Show. So thank you, team so much for what you do and thank you as listeners because without you we'd be missing a major part of that team wouldn't we our phone number here 209-551-3483 we've been talking about ways to uh, begin to turn the tide that has been created against law enforcement uh, to turn that tide back in favor of law enforcement yes have accountability but stop this lawless philosophy of defunding the police, doing away with police. My friends, right, Seattle's a mess. Portland's a mess. Los Angeles is a mess. San Francisco's a mess. As long as we continue in this vein of lawlessness and promoting it, we will get messier and messier, and it ends in anarchy. I'm not giving up. I know it's a tall mountain, but you and I, if you're willing, let's charge that mountain and stand for what's right. Again, so much appreciate you and your involvement here on the Mike Douglas Show. By the way, to me, one of the critical, critical elements of a healthy society is healthy fathers in the home. And I know that some of you grew up in unhealthy situations with fathers. 
understand that. But in the best of all possible worlds, fathers step up to the plate and do their job. Do we do it perfectly? No. I haven't done my fathering perfectly, done my best before God to do it as best as I can. And there comes a time when you hear something from your adult children and you go, wow, really? Did I, did I instill that? They, they can be surprising in a, in a wonderful way. So I think it's very critical that we affirm fathers. Hollywood has spent decades making fun of and demeaning fathers. How do we, how do we deal with that? We don't watch those movies. We don't watch those shows. I don't. You can do whatever you want. I don't. I choose not to watch those that demean fathers, that demean the family, that make fun of fathers. No. Fathers should be heroes. Heroes that make mistakes. None of us do the job perfectly. Well, KFIV, we have a way to honor, a way to honor fathers. That's right. This Father's Day, it's coming up Sunday. Power Talk 1360 KFIV wants to make your dad feel good and look sharp. So you can register your dad to win the 1360 KFIV Father's Day giveaway at PowerTalk1360.com. Your prize pack includes transmission service. Love that. It's a $250 value from Interstate Transmission Center. You can find them online at interstatetransmissioncenter.com. And then there's an exterior car detail. Out where we are, I can wash, my car is black, and black's a hard color on a car to keep clean. Out here where we are, uh, as uh, as uh, there's a lot of harvesting going on, there's a lot of dirt around, that, that car is dirty about five minutes after I bring it back from a car wash or do it myself. But so, you can get an exterior car detail for your dad and a 3M ceramic coat from Davis Family Shines, where you can get 20% off all Father's Day gift certificates at davisfamilyshines.com. And so your dad can look cool, there's a new pair of Gucci sunglasses from Prestigio Jewelers, where your credit is guaranteed from prestigiojewelers.com. So let's treat your dad right with Power Talk 1360 KFIV's Father's Day giveaway. You can win him a tune-up, a clean car, and a new pair of classy shades. Here's how to do it. Enter your dad now to win at 1360 KFIV's Father's Day giveaway. Go to powertalk1360.com. I've got now, my dad has is, is gone to heaven, and so is my father-in-law. But I went there because I want to make sure I help you honor your dad. Go to PowerTalk1360.com, scroll down to where it says Best Dad Ever. Click on that, and that's where you begin the process to enter your dad for a tune-up, a clean car, a new pair of shades. Uh, uh, It all starts here at PowerTalk1360.com. Great opportunity to honor your dad. And uh, I, by by the way, I, uh, I did honor my dad, my grandpa, my father-in-law. Did I always agree with them? No, but I always honored them. 
And when we do that, when we honor other people, our, our kids pick that up, and they understand that. All right. So just a reminder, by the way, so much appreciate Mark Benetti coming by from uh, Fox Sports AM 1280 and uh, Stockton. He just amazing. It's do or die tonight. They've got to make that win tonight. And uh, I am I'm thinking positively that Mark Benetti will be back with us tomorrow to talk about the heat and uh, the Wolves at uh, Game 7 tomorrow. Again, you can pick up the, the pregame at 4.30 today on AM 1280. Uh, Fox Sports and the puck drops at 5 o'clock. All right, so pregame at 4.30. The puck drops at 5 p.m. today, just as we're going off the air. Again, that is on Fox Sports AM 1280. Mark Benetti making the call. So did... Uh, <laughs> Probably, I'm thinking of how to do this delicately, and I'm not sure I'm going to be successful, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway, because you're all full of grace and mercy, and you extend that to me on a regular basis. All right, so you know about the infant formula, right? There, there's been a lack of infant formula because of public policy decisions over the past year and a half or so. There's a lack of baby formula, and we have to wait for it to land from, what was the last, where, where did, 95,000 tins of baby formula had to come from Australia on Sunday afternoon to LAX. Apparently, that's enough for millions of bottles. It's going to be distributed to stores throughout the L.A. area, and hopefully it'll be on shelves by next week. So this is part of the Biden administration's Operation Fly formula. I would not have called it Operation Fly, especially with baby formula. There's a word picture there that just doesn't match up, but that's what they wanted to call it. I, I guess I understand why they called it, but I, I think of the insect, and I don't know, it just doesn't. So there's another shortage, and again, I'm going to do this as delicately as possible. There is a shortage of... Of tampons. Now, I think Joe Biden, Mr. President, ought to give a lot of thought to how to fix this ASAP. Well, why, Mike? Because I wouldn't want to be the guy whose policies are responsible for the tampon shortfall. I wouldn't want to be that guy facing 100,000 women during their periods who are mad about the fact they can't get tampons. I don't want to be that guy. I think President Biden needs to give this some more thought and fix it. That's my sentiments. Was, was that delicate enough? I did my best. All right, the mic, we're done with that, by the way. We're done with that subject. We'll be back with... Uh, <laughs> some more of your phone calls and by the way do you know that california lawmakers they want to support lowrider clubs and they're asking cities to lift cruising bans what do you think about that i see positives and negatives we'll talk about that in three minutes here on the mike douglas show 209-551-3483 what do you think about lifting bans on cruising in uh, cities We'll be back and talk about it in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and 
online. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, California state lawmakers are supporting lowrider clubs and asking cities to those that have uh, cruising bans to lift them. With all that's happening in California, with all the lawlessness, with all the crime, with all the violence, California state lawmakers uh, are are talking about a non-binding, this, it's not even binding. It's a non-binding resolution that would call on local governments to remove decades-old laws against cruising because the California legislature says banning cruising is discriminatory. It says cruising is a cultural pastime for Mexican-Americans. And so to ban cruising is discriminatory. Our phone number here, 209 Five five one three four eight three. What what do you think about cruising, banning cruising, and what do you think about the California legislature spending time uh, to make a non-binding resolution to spend their time that way because they feel that banning cruising is uh, is discriminatory? Well, a lot to talk about there. Let's find out what you think. Two zero nine five five one three four eight three let's go up the road a piece to one of our favorite places stockton and barbara hi barbara welcome to the show well mike thank you for taking my call i think that cruising is a wonderful idea as an older person i can remember when they used to do it years ago and i think that if the cities would let the cruisers know how much they appreciate it you know the time and effort that they take to make their cars beautiful and usually the families are involved i think it would be a wonderful thing and i would i think that if they would set a time for them and let them do their policing i think i think it would be a very very good job yeah i i align with you barbara with having it in a controlled environment i guess is the way that i would i would put it uh and i back in the day and this was down in in uh, pasadena i had my 1973 plymouth duster and i had subwoofers outfitted in there and and i loved uh on a nice summer night cruising down colorado boulevard in my 73 duster playing music and just in, in enjoying and we weren't bothering anybody and we didn't do any speeding we didn't do any donuts we we didn't do any racing it was just a nice thing How, however i do understand why some cities ultimately banned it because it got out of control but i i think what you're talking about is is a controlled situation uh, where where it becomes uh, a community thing, you know, with, with some uh, controls built into it, and I'm I'm thinking that uh, that well, I, didn't we have that Barbara in uh, Friday night here in the Modesto oh, well, area, yes. right? 
Yes, uh-huh. well, here, I, I live here in Stockton, but I can remember uh, living in a mixed neighborhood uh, and by the park where they used to do it, and it was always wonderful just to see all the beautiful old cars and see all the effort and how pretty they looked and how shined up they looked. You know, now the cars almost all look alike. <laughs> so it it was just really a pleasure. You know, I think it would be a pleasure to have them uh, have their cruising. Yeah, and I again, I I agree with you if if there are controls on it, and uh, I, I mean I remember uh, watching some of those cars. You know, they had the uh, hydraulic lifts on them, and they'd be bouncing the cars up and down, and and all of that, and and uh, it was amazing. I don't know how I don't know how people at my high school could afford that, but somehow they did. And it was uh, right. quite a thing, right? Uh, and and I, I agree with you. Some of those cars, the way they were outfitted, absolutely me. I think the point is, Barbara, that we need to um, we need to say up front, we're going to support this, but we're going to support it uh, in in the in in the context of not breaking any laws. All right, so we're not going to race. Well, that's true, but you know. The thing about a lot of people like uh, some of the gangs that live over in this area, uh, where as far as the graffiti uh, used to go, when they would say, "Well, okay, you can you can you can put your graffiti at certain places," and they were very very good about taking care of it. And I think when you when you let people kind of uh, judge themselves and and police themselves, I mean, I think that this works really good because they take pride in it. Yeah, and and again, I, I think it's part of a community and government partnership, where you say, "All right, right. I'm I'm going to listen to you. You you listen to my concerns. I'll listen to your concerns. Let's find that middle ground so so that we can make it happen." I think it works that way. Uh, I now I came from a very multi ethnic high school and community as well, and and this. The thing we're saying banning it is discriminatory against Mexican Americans. Well, I, I don't know about that. I I, th- I think well, that's pulling a race card there because there were uh, a lot of African Americans. There were a lot of us white folk. Uh, there are a lot of different races out there with uh, with cars. So, for the California legislature to take that particular viewpoint, not sure I'm in full agreement with them. No, no, I, I agree with you because I never thought of it as being racist, you know, until no. it came up in the legislature. I never thought of it. I just thought that it was kind of a, a national uh, thing in their culture that they enjoyed, and it was beautiful because, you know, like when you travel to Mexico and you see the effort they make to make things look beautiful, to look pretty, uh, I, I, I enjoy that. That isn't something that we see a lot of in America. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I agree with you, Barbara. Hey, thanks for the call, and uh, that'd be interesting to see if uh, some of these cities throughout California uh, revisit that. And I, I think what it takes again, Lorraine and uh, Lorraine, Barbara, uh, you you hit upon something I think that's very important, and that is that we're talking to each other, uh, the cities, right. government, <laughs> talking with the community. I think that's where it starts. Uh, Barbara, thanks for the call. That's right. Yeah, good points there. All right. Bye-bye. Take care and happy cruising, Barbara. All right, Barbara from Stockton. Uh, I, I think she's right. I, I think, uh, you know, with the proper, uh, with the proper um, 
conversations and controls, not, uh, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about more of what's going on in Sacramento and around the country as well. Uh, a lot of government officials, famous names, getting COVID, and some musicians as well. <laughs> talk about that briefly coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for joining us today. We've got another half hour left on the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our phone number 209-551-3483. Back in five minutes. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take Take the the Mike Mike Douglas Douglas Show with you you. every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this warm summerish Tuesday afternoon in California Central Valley. So happy to that you're with us for this live and local opportunity here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I was mentioning uh, earlier in the week uh, after the first hearing, uh, the uh, hearing in Washington, D.C., uh, the, the so-called hearing uh, regarding the January 6, 2021 uh, incident, the riot at the uh, U.S. Capitol, And I have made the point several times that as a docudrama, I think they did a good job. Uh, As a docudrama, I'd give them an A. As a hearing, I'd give them an F uh, because it's not a hearing. There there is no opportunity for the defense to stand up and say, I I want to respond. There's uh, no opportunity for that. So if uh, if they're trying to be a court, it's a kangaroo court. At best. Well, uh, one of you has uh, emailed in and said, uh, Mike, I have to respectfully disagree with you regarding your statement that the January 6 hearings, in quotes, are good docudrama. If they were good, I'd be watching them. Uh, They are not good. They are bad and disgusting and certainly not helpful to our country and its citizens. I, I understand where you're coming from that, and uh, thank, thank you for writing in. I appreciate your comment there. Uh, again, I, I guess my—well, and by the way, I don't like them either. And I, I quit watching them, or uh, the first one, I quit watching it after—how long did I watch it? 45—I watched it 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Actually, I watched part of it, and then I was barbecuing at the time because— to me, that became a higher priority. And so I had it playing on my iHeart app. Do you use the iHeart app, by the way? You can hear the Mike Douglas Show on the iHeart app. I use the iHeart app, app almost daily as I'm going to the store, I'm running errands, uh, I'm in my pickup truck where the radio doesn't work, I have my earpiece, and I have the iHeart app going so I can hear some of the other talk shows and and what's happening. I, I find that app to be very, very about valuable. So if, you, uh, if you're if you somewhere uh, out of our uh, radio signal area, why, the iHeart app is there, and uh, have not only our show, but tons of others as well. So anyway, I make, uh, make use of that all the time. So point being, I was using the iHeart app and listening uh, to the last uh, half hour that I heard of the uh, of the so-called hearing while I was barbecuing. 
And uh, I, I agree uh, with, with our listener. I don't like it either. I don't think it's productive. I think uh, it's full, uh, what they're, what they're um, uh, providing are half-truths, which are not truths at all. There's obviously an agenda uh, that has become very obvious now. Uh, so I guess that's my point in saying if their goal is to present half-truths and make it a show, uh, they're doing a good job of, of promoting half-truths as truth and making it a show. Uh, however, I do understand your reaction to that, so I, uh, I, I understand your disagreement with me regarding that uh, they're good docudrama. I get your point. I understand that. What, what do you, what do you have, <laughs> dear listener, have you watched any of the hearings uh, either today or, or before? Listen to any clips? What's your impression of them? You think I'm wrong? Is, is this a legitimate hearing uh, or is it for show? Do you think it's productive? you think it's unproductive? you think it contains truth or mostly half-truths? Now, in anything, there almost always is some nugget of truth somewhere. So I have to say there are, are probably nuggets of truth buried in there somewhere. But what I heard were a lot of uh, half-truths, a lot of spin. The spin meter was going off the charts. I have not so much tolerance for spin anymore. Uh, if When I hear spin, uh, whether it's conservative or liberal or anywhere in between, when I hear spin, I start to tune it out. Give me the straight scoop. Tell, tell me what you really think, and let, let, let's operate in the light, not, not with half-truths and such. So anyway, uh, listener... Uh, Thank you so much for your email. I appreciate that, and, and uh, I understand what you're saying. I got it. I understand what you're, uh, the point you're making there. All uh, right, uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Well, Dr. Fauci, it appears that the vaccine and the boosters do not prevent you from acquiring COVID-19. Masks, apparently, aggressive use of masks even don't prevent you from acquiring COVID-19. There doesn't seem to be much that prevents you from acquiring. In fact, a good pastor friend of mine right now has uh, has tested positive for COVID-19, and, and he is doing what he's supposed to do in terms of remaining in isolation uh, for the prescribed time. In fact, he's gone to the CDC uh, website and looked at the protocols there. Apparently, I haven't done this yet, but apparently on the CDC website, you can uh, go through a litany of uh, question and answers, and it will tell you how long you need to remain out of, uh, out of personal contact with people and isolation and, and such. So anyway, he's doing that, uh, and he's, he's kind of got the cross between what would be uh, flu-like symptoms and a bad cold. No fever. Very interesting. And I know some of you have gone through it as well. Well, well, uh, Javier Becerra, of course, one of the great Californians that we sent to Washington, D.C., now the Secretary of Health and Human Services. The Secretary of Health and Human Services, well, he's got COVID for the second time in a month. How does that happen? 
Javier Becerra. Yeah, tested positive while he was in Sacramento, by the way. He's got mild symptoms, and uh, he isn't considered to have been in close contact with either the president or the vice president. And uh, when was the last time he had it? Where was he? He was in Germany for a health summit. Isn't that ironic that you pick up COVID-19 at a health summit? So anyway, Javier Becerra, hope he hope he recovers quickly from it. It's just the irony of it that's worth mentioning. And then the entertainment industry is not immune to uh, this either. Did you hear about this? The Rolling Stones had to postpone their show in Amsterdam past day or two because Mick Jagger came down with COVID. Now you could play with, I ain't got no satisfaction. You could, but I'm not going to do that. I hope he recovers. He's an amazing guy. Aren't those amazing guys? They're in their 70s at least now, aren't they? And and they're out there rocking still. That's amazing. I, I've got to say the Rolling Stone, I, I was not, you know, I'm, I was not a, a Rolling Stone guy or a Pink Floyd guy. or I, I like some rock and roll, but my background was as, as a horn player, trumpet and, and French horn. I loved jazz, loved big band jazz. I, I loved the likes of Maynard Ferguson, uh, Freddie Hubbard, Miles Davis, uh, Doc Severinsen. Loved Herb Alpert uh, because he was so innovative. And uh, great, of course, many great trumpet players uh, to follow. But my orientation was was jazz coming from the, the big band uh, era. Uh, but I, I enjoyed uh, Chicago. Love Chicago. Love Tower of Power. Wow, brass sections. Love that. And when I was the leader of the pep band in high school, we actually I, I did our own arrangements of some of the Chicago songs. Uh, couldn't couldn't afford to pay for them, so we made the arrangements ourselves. Anyway, just to say, I am I stand in awe. I mean, I think of myself, and, and most of these guys are are older than I am, and I'm just stand in awe at their energy and and their their ability to sustain. I mean, this is absolutely, it takes, it, it takes energy to go out there and do these shows. So, uh, again, uh, hope Javier Becerra heals quickly and, and, uh, Mick Jagger as well. And hope nobody else in the, in the band there gets it. And there's another addition to this field back in the political area, Maxine Waters down in the LA area. She has COVID-19. And uh, remember, uh, Gavin Newsom acquired it as well. So there you go. Uh, nobody's immune from it. And so, um, again, I, I wish everyone the best. I don't wish any of them. Don't like uh, some of their politics or much of their politics. But uh, as, as persons and individuals, hope they find healing uh, soon. And uh, that uh, the Rolling Stones can get back to doing what they do. That's amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Uh, the, the stamina that these guys have at, at their age takes so much energy uh, to do performances. All right, uh, hear this about Starbucks and the bathrooms. Remember this big deal a while back that Starbucks, in, in their very woke way, didn't want to offend anybody? 
And so they opened their bathrooms. Hmm, Starbucks. Having second thoughts about that. We'll talk about that coming up on the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360. KFIV, I'll be back in three minutes. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this fine Tuesday afternoon. And by the way, it is Flag Day. And uh, both at the Douglas Hacienda and at the clandestine Mike Douglas Show Studios, we are flying the colors. Isn't that hokey, Mike? Why are you doing that? Because it stands for the fact that I support the tenets upon which this country was founded. I believe in the Constitution as a good document that's probably one of the best governmental documents ever. I believe it's worth defending. I believe that we need to persevere in carrying out the potential that the United States of America has always had as we continue to improve. You see, the truth is we make mistakes and we learn from them. That's the truth. And so that's why I fly the colors I hope you take time to do that as well. By the way, congratulations uh, and thanks to uh, Oakdale and Riverbank. I had the opportunity to drive through both cities uh, today, and uh, both Oakdale and Riverbank and their and their main drags there have uh, have flags up on uh, on the sidewalks. I applaud that. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate that very much. All right, uh, I'm going to squeeze in a, a public service announcement here. Uh, this is from Mike in Manteca. Mike thinks that we need some good news. So, Mike, what's the good news from Manteca? Hi, thanks for taking my call. At 9.18 this morning, uh, my second granddaughter was born. Her name is uh, Giovanna Chevelle. And she was born to my son, Gus and Leslie. So I wanted to see if I could get an announcement in there and uh, say God bless us today. Uh, well, that is good news, Mike. Congratulations. And, and by the way, with Father's Day coming up, we've talked about the importance of fathers. You obviously are a father. You're also uh, a grandfather. Do you ever step back and take some time to think in awe Man, I got a whole bunch of responsibility here. Oh, yes, all the time. But you know what? It, go, it goes quick, Mike. It, it uh, does. I, I don't look at the responsibility as any part of a burden. I've been given so much joy by it all so that I, I don't... Uh, I don't I don't see it as a burden at all. I, I love every minute of it, and, uh, and I hope that... Uh, uh, fathers out there can revel in their enjoyment as well. I think that's uh, it's all good. <laughs> Amen to that. Good, good word, Mike. Mike from Manteca. Congratulations and uh, thanks for calling in and and sharing that with us. Wow, that that is a that's a great gift, isn't it? Coming up on Father's Day and. Uh, just, uh, of course, he, in this case, he's a grandfather, but uh, wouldn't have been a grandfather without being a father, right? Uh, so thanks for that good news, Mike. There's a there's a, a bright point in our program today as as we've discussed some pretty heavy stuff. Hey, remember this whole issue with Starbucks uh, a while ago? Uh, well, a while ago, about two or three years ago, wasn't it? Uh, 2018. There was an issue of um, 
Uh, Starbucks uh, forced its employees to intend uh, some uh, racial bias training because there were two African-American guys, I think, uh, that were uh, in one of the stores in, in Philadelphia, I think, wasn't it? And they, uh, I guess they never ordered, ordered anything, and, and the store employees had them arrested for trespassing. And there was a, a, a big pushback on that. And there was a, a suit, uh, that a suit that was settled with Starbucks. Anyway, there was a nationwide attempt at a boycott in, uh, of Starbucks. And so uh, Starbucks made some changes. Uh, the head, Howard Schultz, said, I think it's fair to say that most people have some level of unconscious bias based on our own life experience. So there's going to be a lot of education about how we all grew up and how we see the world and how we can be better. Well, part of that was allowing the general public to use the restrooms, whether they were customers or not. Well, now Schultz is saying we serve 100 million people at Starbucks and there is an issue of safety in our stores in terms of people coming in who use our stores as a public bathroom. And we have to provide a safe environment environment for our people and our customers. Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, quote, we have to harden our stores and provide safety for our people. I don't know if we can keep our bathrooms open. What's the lesson learned here, do you think? What's the woke-infused lesson to be learned here? I... (laughs) And there, there are Starbucks that I, uh, it really depends on what area you're in. There, there's some, now at my age, if I'm drinking a lot of coffee, I'm, I'm kind of scanning the area for a restroom. You guys understand what I'm saying. And so there are some where you can go right in, others where you have to have a code. Anyway, you can think about that. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow here on the Mike Douglas Show. Coming up, AM 1280 Fox Sports. It's the Stockton Heat. Don't forget. And I'll see you tomorrow at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a blessed evening.